Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Whoers. If you like that kind of thing. on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolon stutters. Stutter. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Greetings, fellow Whovians, and welcome to another Dirty Horse Doofy Podcast. This week, we are going to be looking at Dalek. Our first Christopher Eccleston, I believe. Yep. So, we're looking at, technically, two assistants, Billy Piper as Rose Tyler, and, of course, Adam Mitchell, led by Bruno Langley. Mm. He's technically a Doctor Who companion. Completely forgot he was in this already. And the motherfucking (laughs) awesome... The ears himself, Christopher Eccleston, a much underrated doctor, the man who basically brought back Doctor Who for us. If it hadn't been for his stellar performance of a great amalgamation of a lot of the Time Lord personalities of the doctor that we know, plus the great stamp of a man who was suffering the tragedy of being the only person left after the Time Wars, of being the only one of his species, survivor's guilt, if you like, and an anger that we don't really see until this episode. And, of course, Terry Nation's greatest invention. Um, wasn't MacGyver. It was, of course, the Daleks. <laughs> and this is the first time it's in the Daleks for a very long time. And it was in the press for ages prior to this, talking about how the Daleks were going to come back and the Daleks weren't going to come back and this, that and the other. And, oh, it's only going to be one Dalek and how's it going to play out? Well, we've got to ask ourselves, was it a good first time of the Dalek appearing after it being absent from our screens for so long? So, written by the one and only Rob Sherman. Is it Rob's only actual proper Doctor Who that in future? It is, yes. Damn he's, fucking he's, shame. He's done yeah. uh, quite a few big finishes but this was his only one for the TV series. And his big finishes are consistently above Above <laughs> My name is Nick Briggs, and you always get a big finish with Dirty Whoers. Rob, I know on occasion you do listen to our podcast. God bless you. <laughs> you just must have nothing to do in the bath. I mean, you know, kudos to you, sir. Obviously, executive producer, Russell T. Davies, it was the first series after it came back. And this was April, would you believe, 2005. How old are you, sir? 2005. Wow. So let's go around the table and get our Whoers rating. Our Whoers rating is based on a rating of $5. It was a shit experience. $10. Well, maybe go again if I'm in town and it's the only website I've got saved. $20. Yes, this was a good night. I enjoyed myself. $50. You could do a doggy while she was licking your bollocks. Wait a minute. What? You forgot. Free BJ. If free. it's really sucky. The free BJ. 
Absolutely right. I just love hearing you say free BJ. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Did Terry actually remember part of yeah, the rating what system? Just what just happened? You can train her by clicking mm. reward, actually. If you can do little pieces of cheese. <laughs> Good girl. In your box. In your box. Box. Spot. Spot. So if I can go around the table and get our ratings, let's start with the one, the only, diminutive loveliness of Fuchsia Begonia. 20 with their own body weight in chocolate. El Presidente Senmundo. 50 full stop. Whoa. Terence? Well, I'm not that high. I give it a 20 and nothing extra. Going to go with Terry myself. I'm going to say 20 and nothing extra. Okay, so let's get down into the nitty-gritty. Fuchsia, would you like to go first? I don't know what I was honestly expecting with this episode, because some of the Dalek episodes prior to this had been awful. I'd heard some of Rob's big finish material, particularly Chimes of Midnight, which is more sapphire and steel rather than Doctor Who in a lot of ways. But I remember being absolutely shocked at the time with the portrayal of the Doctor by Christopher Eccleston as someone who was really seriously messed up and seriously traumatised. And this was the first point that you really, really saw that. This guy is seriously damaged. He's actually afraid of something, which you weren't used to really seeing. Not in that, oh my God, oh my God, get me out of this room sort of way. Mm. And I think it's really where I clambered fully on board with the series. Mm-hmm. Because of Christopher Eccleston's portrayal of the Doctor, he had me from there on in. I thought he was pretty good up to that point. But after that, wow, this is something really worth watching. They're doing something different with the show. Yeah, it was kind of a turning point, wasn't it? Massive turning point. Other than that, it was hilarious that they played with the whole Daleks and the stairs thing. Had to be done. <laughs> but it was a solid episode. It was nice to see the Cyberman's head in the cupboard. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, allegedly, I remember reading something that when they're looking at the Cyberman's head, the thing that's in the cupboard behind them is a decomposing head of a sea devil. There you go. Is it? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. I thought it was a very dark subject matter handled very, very well. Although the one thing that has to be said is really stupid is when they've got them all in the big hangar firing across at each other. Oh, that's God, a pretty really dumb thing to do. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that. Oh, no, I think they were Americans. I think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you Darwin that. Darwin Awards in action. I fed of the DNA of Rose Tyler, extrapolating the biomass of a time traveller regenerated me. What's your next trick? I have been searching for the Daleks. Yeah, I saw. Downloading the internet. What did you find? Porn. And... Lol cats. Well, you guys seem surprised that I said that this was a full stop 50, but... I'm surprised that you giving anything a 50, quite honestly, dude. No, seriously, seriously. Well, first of all, I think that Christopher Eccleston's single season, which, goddammit, that is just a crime, that there was only one season. I think that overall, from start to finish, when you look at how good the good episodes were and how bad the bad ones were, I think it's the most consistent and excellent season in all of Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think RTD was at his most creatively inspired. A lot of the things that we really dislike about him were either being contained because he didn't have quite the power yet, or he just was better and he was more inspired. I don't know. I think he'd got things in him as well that he wanted to get out because this was his big chance. All his life he'd Mm. waited to be the producer of Doctor Who. Yeah, like farting aliens. Uh, Yeah, I'm really glad he got that out. The the thing is, though, 
happening. <laughs> yeah, if that's the worst episode of that season, there's been far worse in Doctor Who than that. Oh yeah, remember it's a two-parter too. Yeah, yeah all right. But yeah. most of them were four and <laughs> six-parters back in the day. Just <laughs> The reason I thought it was a full stop 50 is because it was perfect Doctor Who and only the way that Doctor Who can be. It did an episode that no other sci-fi series could effectively do. The Doctor has been such an incredibly human character and yet so alien. He was always a way for us to explore ourselves. And one of the things that they were never really able to do with him is explore true tragedy was a character that powerful. He was genuinely frightened. And I don't know that we'd ever seen that before. They managed to do so many cool things they made the Daleks relevant and frightening again which they hadn't been since practically the 60s they made the doctor very alien and yet very human all at once which needed to happen in the new series fairly early on they just did so many things right and the silly campy stuff which there was plenty I mean as an American they once again fucked up the Americans however they did get their digs back on the British which I thought was pretty damn funny in a yeah, few spots yeah. it was was very campy, but it needed to be because it was so serious underneath it that there was a real danger of it being completely kid inaccessible if they didn't throw in a few campy things here and right. there for the little kids to laugh mm-hmm. at. And buried underneath that, like any great family sci-fi show, were very serious messages and explorations of the human condition. How do you do sci-fi any better? The whole family could enjoy it. It had adult messages. It had lessons for kids. It had everything. It was just great science fiction. It was great Doctor Who. It was great sci-fi. And the faults don't matter to me. Yep. It's it nice to hear you say end. that. It is. I haven't heard nice you that positive you about that. an episode since Doctor's Wife. Terrence? <sighs> Doctor's Wife. Mm. <laughs> We had a thing on the on the Facebook page, actually. Foxy's Doctor Who assistant, go. And oh, loads of people posted, loads of people posted, and then somebody said, does the TARDIS count? You know, when she was like, and I thought, actually, he's got a really good point. If you're talking yeah. Foxy, that's the one, really. Oh, dude, that's totally. utter perfection. The TARDIS with boobs. I mean, come on. Yeah, someone threw some water over Sen. I'm sorry I mentioned it. <laughs> Welcome to Who Was, the Daleks' favourite podcast. It is more interesting... I'm interviewing a Dalek. First time that I ever saw this. I loved it. And then when I knew that we were going to do this podcast, I watched it. And not so much. And then... By the time we got around to saying, oh, we're really going to do the podcast, then I, I was like, okay, fuck it. I didn't have to watch it again. And then I liked it again. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that my opinion is that solid on this. But I don't think it gets a 50. I'm sorry. There's just some of the cheesy, corny stuff is just a little too much for me. But, you know, that's my personal taste. The parts that I do love is what Sen said, is that they made the Daleks scary, properly scary the way they should be, because Daleks lend themselves to comedic interpretation just by the way they look. And, (laughs) I mean, you know, they're goofy. But if you remind people that they're tanks and weapons of destruction, and you only need one Dalek to really fuck everything up, it brings back the threat and the scariness and that's the way I want them you know after a while RTD was just throwing them out there every five seconds and they just stopped being what they should be yeah, there's a nice bit where he actually says, what's the nearest town? I think he says something like Las Vegas or Salt Lake City or somewhere mm-hmm. like that. Population, one million. And the doctor just goes, all dead. If the Dalek gets right. out, it'll murder yeah, right. every <laughs> living yeah. creature. That's all yeah. it wants to do. 
One yeah. all dead. All dead. Yeah, it's like an atom bomb, but it's a Dalek. An atom you know what's, bomb in a tank. You don't know if this was his intention by doing lines like that, but there were really moments in the 70s when the unit people and stuff came across as being very incompetent. <laughs> Do you yeah. think? <laughs> but that one line and think back and go, you know what? Maybe they weren't. They could kill half a dozen or a dozen dollars. Maybe they really were pretty badass. Yeah, dude, they drove around in a brown Wolsey. Just putting it in context, all right. You don't have to do this anymore. There must be something else, not just killing. What else is there? What do you want? <laughs> I want a Rory action figure. Adam was there, whatever. <laughs> he wasn't really that memorable for me. Wasn't he? Did you not want to slap him? Okay, a little bit. I yeah. did like <laughs> the the fact that the doctor keeps referring to him as her boy toy, boyfriend, whatever he was saying. And he does that a lot, he though, doesn't he? This doctor's very asexual, so he does yeah. like say, mind you, the other one did. I love that line where he goes, like, oh, you wouldn't let me keep the horse. And yeah, yeah. Occasionally, he does get a good job in a lot. He's your pet, you know? You take care of him. <laughs> It's just like that second life. <laughs> and the millionaire's PA, the chick who was playing that lady, she was cool. I think one of the reasons the doctor is so attracted to humans is because they have that heroic side. They're willing to sacrifice themselves for others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, the best of what is human. You know, I've always thought it was like lords collecting butterflies, you know? That's that's the time lords being a time lord, really you're looking down and you just want to stick a pin in it and put it on a board and go, oh, look, I've got a blonde. There you go. <laughs> I think that's something that the Time Lords don't really have, and he's attracted to that. That's the only explanation, really, because otherwise, yeah, they're like, you know, little amoebas or something. He's adopted that as his value, and here I think we see he's totally forgotten it, and the, the Dalek saying that, you know, you'd make a good Dalek. Blah, oh, that's blah. such a good moment. Oh, it is, isn't it? Oh, that's my, that's my pick. Great, that's my pick, I'm afraid. That was a great moment. It's a big insult to the Doctor. <laughs> you think? Yeah, and Rose is there to remind him again what it's all about. Do you think it is Memento Mori, Tony? The companion? Yeah. Partly, I would say yes, partly that, partly just having company, being able to show off. I like the way they played it in the new series that he's got jaded mm-hmm. and that he needs a new mm-hmm. pair of eyes to see things through because to yeah. him it's like, yeah. well, there's a couple of gas giants where to a human it's like, oh my God, this is the most amazing, beautiful thing I've ever seen. I have goosebumps. I'm never going to be in this situation again. My life is so small and fragile. And I think right. of all the seasons, the new seasons played that the best. Yeah, because when you go to see a movie you've already seen before, Sure, you like the movie, but if you take someone who's never seen it with you and they watch the movie for the first time, you see the delight through their eyes all over yeah, again. And I think very good analogy because I think the doctor also gets a little bit of that smug satisfaction of, yeah, yeah, well, I'd already seen the movie, but yeah, you're right. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to play a devil's advocate because I agree with absolutely all the positive things that you guys have said. But the first time I watched this, I wouldn't have agreed with a single word that you'd said. Because for me, this was the first time I'd seen the Daleks in a very long time. And I didn't get the whole, this is a big destructive force. I got that this was tacked on. I got that there was a gag about going up the stairs, which didn't quite match with what I already knew from the Sylvester McCoy episode, Remembrance, uh-huh. and things like that. And basically, now just bear with me for a second, the Dalek came across, the first time I watched it, as really fucking wet. It came across as a shit Dalek. Yeah. 
Yeah, first time. I agree. Yeah, and it took another watching mm-hmm. to go, oh my God, it's taken on Rose's characteristics and, and to see the nuances mm-hmm. of the plot. And I yes. don't think that was a very good thing to do for the first time we saw the Daleks for a very long time. I think it should have been a lot more crystal clear. This is a Dalek. This is the big bad. These things destroyed all the time lords. It came across very wet towards the end. And I didn't, and I'm not sure kids would either, get the nuances of why quite as much as I probably should have done. Right, you're right. That's a very good point because for us as classic fans, okay, it's easier for us to get that subtlety. But for a new fan who doesn't know what a Dalek is really like, yeah. It also introduced a new concept of that as well, that there's something that time travellers carry with them. Well, no, not a new concept, but a very highlighting of a concept and that something becomes intrinsic almost to their DNA and their making so that you know that they've travelled through time, etc. And it was the first time we'd really seen this in Action. I fucking love this episode, but I love it because I've rewatched it and I've only seen it three times and I'd happily sit down and watch this anytime. And I can't believe I'm saying that because the first time <laughs> I watched it, I wouldn't have given it a five. I was horrified. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Me too. I, agree. I, I wouldn't. I really loved it the first time I saw it. I thought it was a great episode. And that was before I knew Robin had to say nice things about him. Although I don't have to say nice things about him because he doesn't say nice things about us. No, he doesn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fair. Who, who would? So I, I have to say, sorry, hello, my name is... And I like Dirty Hooers, or I am a Dirty Hooer, or... Yeah, I don't know, do I? No. I mean, frankly, I think the name's a bit juvenile. <laughs> I mean, I, or, or maybe it's it's unintentional. It seems to me that Dirty Hooers sounds a bit like you're saying, you know, something nastier. You know, I don't know Rob from Jack, but I've got to take my hat off to the man for the nuances of this once you actually sit back and look at it, and the fact that it does take repeated watching, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it when things take a few watches. And I will be enjoying this for a long time to come. And there's lots of little special effecty things as well, like the balls coming out and spinning around it to destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of cool stuff. And of course, it was the first time we'd seen the new Dalek, which is beautiful. These new Daleks oh, yeah. are very good. They look like tanks. Much mm-hmm. Better than the iWalk Daleks. iPod, oh. yeah. Fuck, don't even Skittle. get me started. Yeah. Um, they look like giant toys. As Fuchsia and Terry and Sam all said, this, for me, is a peak of Eccleston. I'm going to go straight into my quote here, because it's one of the most powerful lines I've ever heard. I mean, we all knew that the time war had happened, and we all had an image of the TV movie Doctor. We all really liked the TV movie Doctor, let's face it, even yeah. though he got one yeah. shot yeah. out. Yeah. But we know that the Daleks killed him. Mm-hmm. We know that he died in yeah. the top came mm-hmm. back and had to do something that was so fucking unspeakable mm-hmm. that he's got really bad survivor's guilt. And this was the first time we saw it. And it was very dark, and it really kicked me in the teeth and kicked me back from leaning forward, avidly staring into the television as one does when Doctor Who's on. Wow. It made me think, holy shit, this is... Oh my God, mm-hmm. done something with Doctor Who that I never thought they could do. Yeah. Done something yeah. really special and they've made this adult Doctor Who while still being a kid's show. And that line was, of course, the Daleks have failed. Now why don't you finish the job and make the Daleks extinct? And he spits it out. He's dressed like a fucking U-boat captain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In his northern accent and with his big ears and everything, even still suddenly he looks like a man from the trenches while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. He filth. He says, rid the universe of your filth. Why don't you just die? And the Dalek yeah. pauses and just says, you would make a good 
Dalek, and it smacks <laughs> it in the teeth. It really does. And it smacks us in the teeth as well, because we've never seen the Doctor like that. great thing about Eccleston is that he really throws himself into the role, oh. and that's what makes it. That's he, what I'm sorry, but Eccleston's one of the best Doctors. Yes, he, he is. is. To say it, it pains me almost to say it. But and he, you know, he's not a fan. He didn't come into it a fan, but he just has skills as an actor. Yeah, he's he's just good at his job. Yeah. Right. Well, he's good at his job in this instance, because quite honestly, I've seen him in stuff and he's been bobbo. <laughs> and also, you know, he's a local lad for me. Lots of planets have a north. <laughs> Brilliant. When he first turned up, oh, the doctor's going to dress like this. No, he's fucking not. Where's his hat? Where's his scarf? Can you not even have a? Well, cr- you know, Paul McGann was like, "Why can't I be a doctor with really short shaved hair? Why can't I do that? Why does the doctor have to be curly-haired Victorian dude?" I'm not sure what it's for. It might be big finishy stuff. But if you've seen the transition that they've done, kind of between the two doctors' outfits, where the the movie doctor goes a bit more mm-hmm. military. Or, yes, yes. You can really see it's a halfway house between the two because he's wearing that really nicely cut black leather jacket and he's getting ready for war. I've got this image in my head of that Paul McCann doctor, that almost military doctor, standing over that beautiful TARDIS console and him just pushing a button and the universe falling apart where he just pushes a button and destroys two of the most powerful races ever in the universe and he just stands there knowing he's going to die and the TARDIS is falling apart around him and it somehow ends up on Earth, you know, the TARDIS is broken and dying and trying to grab bicycle pumps out of the vortex to fix itself. <laughs> and he regenerates on the floor of this dying TARDIS and, and rebuilds it. And all during that time, he never stops and thinks because if he stops and thinks, he knows that he'll think about what he did. And he's how many months or years after he regenerates before he even looks in the mirror? Hmm. Because in Rose, he saw himself for the first time, and yet you get the impression that this TARDIS was practically rebuilt by hand in order Mm -hmm. to keep it from dying. It's like he stumbles out of the dying TARDIS, clothes burning, and grabs the closest T-shirt and jacket he can find from a department (laughs) store with the crap he's got in his pockets to pay for it. Is this in print somewhere? Because I want to read it. Only in Come on, we would all all (laughs) cream our... <laughs> we would all cream ourselves if they actually made that into a TV movie, you know, <laughs> oh, the, the no, whole time war. I, I must admit, it explains a lot, sense translation of this, as to why the TARDIS mm-hmm. looks like it does as well. It does explain a lot when you think, well, there was a war on. Yeah. Why does the TARDIS look so shit you in want this? Why did we go through ages with shit console? You yeah. want to fill in that blank. And I would die, even if they just put that in as a flashback, a quick ten minutes to explain that, put that in with Paul McGann. Uh, go look at the Babel color one. The Babel color one. I have. Yeah, that's the best awesome. one I've ever seen. And you can actually believe it's an episode, almost. You just squint a little bit. It's an episode. It's nice. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, well, we have to kind of wrap up, I'm afraid, because we are... Quite Okay, well, I've done mine. I've done mine. So, next. What are you going to do? Chuck your A-levels at him? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Broken. Broken. Hair dryer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Fucking load. (laughs) Well, Doctor Who spent 35 years, 40 years making fun of the Americans, so they actually had their doing this one when he said, why don't you two go and canoodle or spoon or whatever it is you English do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Be snog. <laughs> That's right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have once again been the Dirty Hearts Doctor Who podcast. What? Can we tell them that we managed to pin Rob in a hotel room again and get him to talk exclusively about this episode and, and we've got that as a special treat? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to stick it in this one, Seriously Future, or do you want to do it as a special? Might be a good idea to do the two separate because it is long. Okay, we're going to do the two separate, ladies and gentlemen. There you go, Future Begonia has spoken and who are we to go against the word of the pixie? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Hearts Doctor Who podcast. Thank you very much to everybody who has been saying hello on the Facebook page and everybody who has been saying... On G+. On Google+, yeah, we're on Google+. It doesn't say it on the beginning at the end, but we're, you know, it's... Fuck, we've got lives and everything. Thank you very much to... Let's have a look at some names. Thank you very much to Keith Lawler. Thank you, Keith. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Scott. Thank you very much to the awesome Joe Hadron, who always has something to say, and it's Mm -hmm. good to hear from him. Chris Bolke, thank you very much, Chris. And a million other people as well. We have a very splendid list here. Vicky. Pardon? Vicky, that girl Vicky. I can never remember her last name, but she's really fun. Okay, Vicky, Vicky, who's very fun. We all like a Vicky who's fun. (laughs) We did ask a question which got the highest number of comments, 32 comments in 12 hours, which was, Fox's Doctor Who assistant, go! Jack Springhill said, and Eki will. Jeffrey Scott said he loved Liz Shaw. Dean Eckie said Karen Gillan, Amy Pond. Ooh, controversial. Craig Hansen said... Dean Eek! Whatever. (laughs) Fuck. Don't correct me, it sickens me. Craig Hansen said it was him. (laughs) SF Shook said Terry Lightfoot. And six people thumbed up on that. (laughs) It's got to be a nicer way of saying that. Tim Drury said Amy, followed by Martha. And from the classic series, Polly and Perry. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Uh, And Joe said... Did everybody forget about Victoria Waterfield? How could we oh. forget about Victoria Waterfield, especially in the no. 70s? When she had the blonde hair, I've got some almost topless shots of her from the 70s. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Horse. Thank you very much. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, Mick Whitling said Mary Tam. Good call. Yeah, oh. she's sexy. She's a hottie. Oh, and Richard Maddox said Joe Grant. There's so many half fucking assistants. Let's go. Let's go. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to... The Dirty Hooers Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. Comfort. I need some cheese and my foot was here and my Bavarian Christmas music or I'm not going on. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be so fucking hair at the end, isn't it? Oh, shit. (laughs) That's going to be the closer for this episode, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Oh, that would be great. That would be great.